Hey, 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 good day, friends. Welcome to Amplified Living Podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. John, and it is an amazing pleasure just to be here, you, near you, in a voice audio atmosphere where I'm hoping that um, the vibrations of this particular podcast will vibrate into your soul and um, create some amazing awakening for each of you. Um, and it is my pleasure. I have one of the, my most favorite people on the planet, Gary, his last name, Gary Ng. Gary Ng, he's from Sydney. And uh, man, I have been, he's like my brother from another mother. I just love this guy so much. Uh, he's a, an amazing businessman, uh, incredible entrepreneur, an awesome dad. Uh, he's done so many cool things. Like I remember when I first met Gary before I have Gary speak. I just want to say when I first met him, um, we were chatting about his business, which was one of the happiest places voted one of the happiest places in Australia to work, which um, anybody when you put the two words together, happy and work together, that's like an unusual thing already. But to create one of the most happiest places where people want to go where people don't necessarily want to leave because they make great connections. And, and they just love being there. That is an awesome achievement. And um, wow, just so many other things. Uh, currently, uh, Gary is working on a number of different projects. And like everyone else during this pandemic, is locked down at his place with his family. Without further ado, I want to bring my friend Gary. Gary, welcome to Amplified Living. Thank you, brother. It's an honor to be on as one of your guests. Dude, I just, uh, I just look forward to talking to you about so many different things because uh, folks who are listening, Gary, you are like my mentor, man. You are the guy that I go to for the, the clarity, like to help clear the cobwebs, to, to, start, to gently grab me by the shoulders and steer me in directions to look over here and look over there at possibilities of life. And you're one of those people for me, bro. And I, I, and I just, I just, before we get dig in and just talk like we were talking before, before we started this uh, recording, um, it's just a pleasure to just to, to, to connect with you, man. I love it. Thanks bro. Uh, and likewise, and I think that's the beauty with this world. We all come here with a different plan, with a different purpose. And with those different roles that we have, um, designated to play it's almost like we are a team of avengers and we all got the different skills all very unique in our own ways and because we recognize the gifts in each other um you there's so many things that, that are so unique to what you do john uh, and you can't like we had this conversation before but you can't just label what you do as i'm a Cairo, i'm a I'm a this and that, or even like a healer that's too general and, and people try to use it as a box and uh, yeah, like I, I, I'm fortunate to have my own set of, um, skills or, or craziness that I could apply to this world. And I guess, um, being able to tap into what that is and knowing that that is my gift and I'm still like learning about it. I'm still getting um, feedback from other people like yourself, it helps me to realize what seems second nature to me is actually a gift to many people that for things that they may find it challenging, stressful to do. I find that it's like, wow, fascinating. And like, I've seen you working on people and working on things that 
huh, like, like I have no idea what you said. 90% of the stuff just went over my head, but you're like completely into your elements when you're talking about it. And it's, it's not that I understood what you said, but from the vibration, the energy that you shared, I fully understood what you're about. <laughs> it's that flow state, man. You know, um, as, as you're talking, I was just thinking about like, where did this guy come from? Like, where did Gary come from? Where did you come from? And I, and oftentimes when I listen to podcasts, I, I enjoy, um, the teachings of people who are successful and I enjoy their awakened approach to life and business and family and relationships. Um, I've been li listening recently to Esther Perel. I know you're a big Esther Perel fan relationships, right? Working on deepening the relationships uh, with my partner and with myself because those kind of like jive together. But when I listen to those things, I always wonder to myself, like, like when you started out, you built a business. Who was the guy that started that business? Who was the guy way back then? What was he like? And what, what got him moving along? That guy, um, I would say is partially guided by my soul to, to the path that I'm destined to walk, but a lot of it was ego and probably on, until around three years ago, uh, I thought that I'm this great person. I'm this holy person. I'm this successful person that doing all this building businesses, having success and helping other people achieve happiness, success and fun. Jeez, like, like bow to me, like not in that way, but like internally I can feel good about myself and there's nothing wrong on the external. What I did, none of that was wrong, but internally it came from a, uh, the, the broken child syndrome. That's something that when we are young, like three years old, five years old, seven years old, we interpreted someone raising their voice at us, someone giving us a certain look. Or maybe our parents just gone missing in the room and we, we were traumatized or we gave it a meaning in our own ways that scarred us that I'm not enough. I need to earn my love. And for me, whatever incident that was, it caused me to say, well, if I'm successful, if I'm being nice to other people, if I'm bringing happiness to other people, if I'm bringing success and I'm creating fun, then other people will like me. But as we know, that, that circle or that hamster wheel, it never stops spinning. You can keep doing it and keep doing it. And that's just always this inner lack. And as much joy that brought me helping people and seeing their life transform from the work that I do or my company did, still it wasn't it wasn't a level of fulfillment. It wasn't costless joy. And the moments that tends to trigger me are incidents such as if I'm stuck in a traffic jam, dude, who am I bringing happiness, success and fun to? Like I want to go and do more. And then inadvertently I became a human doing, just doing, 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 needing to do and gain other people's approval. Um, and until I realized a few years ago where the source of that came from is the broken child in syndrome and is built up to the archetype of who my ego is, what my identity is. Then I start to understand. And again, it's, 
everything is perfect in its imperfection. So not that there's anything wrong with that, but understanding that it helps me transcend to the next level. Hmm. The, um, like I think about, uh, when I got started in business and, um, my goal was always, um, how can I help people? Who can I help? And, uh, and how can I do more of it? And I always thought, okay, like, look, that's it. And that was my focus. And I focused solely on that. And what I would experience stress in is one of the things that I was always in the early stages of knowing you and our earlier, when we, we first became friends is the thing that I would come to you often for would be the things that stressed me out was, I don't know what I'm doing with my marketing. I have no idea what I'm doing when I look at numbers. I have no clue what I'm doing with my financial stuff. Um, but I know that I know what I'm doing. And so I'll keep doing it because I love doing it. And, and in a way I would do it without like getting paid often. I actually had to put somebody in charge of my life to make sure that I got paid for what I was doing. That was the craziest thing. I'm so, I'm so grateful that I had that person who worked for me who was the person that was collecting the finances because I was terrible at it. And, uh, and so when I was stressed, it was always in and around those things, looking at numbers, understanding processes, looking at the business. And I would often come to you for that kind of guidance. Um, and I think like in times when now that people have no businesses and often lots of people aren't working, uh, or if you're um, trying to create a way to create abundance, you can become overwhelmed with those types of stresses, right? Like, but I don't necessarily think of them anymore from terms of that there's, uh, that there's, uh, I don't know, like, like dead uh, hard stops in the sand as to like, you must do this and you must do that when it comes down to your finances, comes down to your money, comes down to your process. I still approach it from the point of view is who can I help? How can I help them? What value do I have to add? And then I, I find myself rewiring back to that. Now, um, what I find fascinating is, is like when, I, when, when you and I talk, you are super organized when it comes to those processes, yet you are very in touch with who am I, who am I helping, how am I helping them? Dude, explain to us, how do you get that? integration between those 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 worlds well first of all what you shared it it just came to me it's almost like you were either teleported from the past or at least your soul was teleported from the past and or the future and in this new reincarnation of your lifetime back in the past or the future where we have a sharing economy everything is about love and sharing and there's a lot like people communicate telepathically or through the gut instinct and and we work in a hive economy and there was less about the neocortex the the intellectual side of the brain that self-identify as me so you are doing your thing as just being part of the community helping out sharing your gift as a healer of what you do great but then when you teleport it to this new age in this lifetime, dude, like money, finance, debt, these are all 
part of the reality, part of the matrix that we have to navigate around. What the hell? Like, it's almost like Crocodile Dundee going to New York, or there's um, I forgot there's a movie name, but there's a African fella um that got transported to like New York or some some oil. That Hong was that Eddie Murphy place. movie. That was that Eddie, Mur Eddie Murphy movie. What the heck was the name of that movie? When he was the prince. Yeah, it was <laughs> multiple of these movies. Like you, one of these guys. It's like, dude. What? Like, I need to collect money? What's money? What's this, this piece of paper? Like, ooh, ooh, you want it? You can have it. I don't need it. Why do I want a piece of paper? Like, I'll get a muffin. I don't want a piece of paper. And it's, it's funny. And that's what we came here in this dualistic world to learn about the paradigm, the new paradigm that we're living in. And I think um, that's great opportunity for us to learn to understand and to experience and I, I believe that that's what we came on this planet to do and framework process systems all these are part of the dualistic world that we come that everything is separate and we need to put all these boxes and frameworks around it and I don't I don't think that I'm better than anyone at doing this it's just again like uh, I'm just a piece of the jigsaw puzzle that I could help you with a piece of it if you look at other aspects of my life, I'm probably pretty sucky at a lot of lack of process, lack of framework around it. Um, and so it goes back to just just flowing, just knowing where where, where is your flow. If you're a, a species in the ocean, what, what are you supposed to eat? If you're Tiny Nemo and you're trying to eat the shark, <laughs> then you're eating the wrong species. You're going for the wrong thing. Are you supposed to eat the the octopus, the crab? No, those are the wrong thing. But eventually, if Nemo finds out whether they, I don't know what they eat, but if they eat algae, if they eat like tiny little fishes or, or particles of stuff, whoever finds out this is what I'm meant to eat, which is the equivalent, what is my gift? And the gift is beyond your vocational work. I know that my path is to help people remember. It took me probably 40, 42 years to, to find that out, but it's to help people remember who they truly are beyond this body, beyond our ego, our identity. And not every person's um, lifetime, they meant to fully reveal and, and who they, what, why they're here and what they do. So it's not a prerequisite if you just want to play and play games and make money and have fun, drive fast cars, nothing wrong with that. Everything is perfect. It's almost like if you look at a stage of growing up as a human being, if you're a little toddler and you're sucking your thumb, it's completely perfect. There's nothing wrong. And if you're an adult looking at a little toddler, you probably say, oh, so cute. But you wouldn't fantasize, hey, I want to, I miss sucking my thumb. Let me suck my thumb again for a minority, like maybe 0.01% of, of the listener, maybe they'll be thinking about that. But for most people, like they've gone through that stage and they admire the beauty in the thumb sucking stage, but now that they're over it. Uh, so not every single stage is, is better than the next. And uh, I guess I just recognize that I'm the Nemo. What is the food that I need to eat? And, mm. and, and it just came naturally. And I think a lot of us 
have it naturally as well. It's just for a lot of the social conditioning. If your parents says, John, you need to work on making money, especially if you've got Asian parents, hey, let's be a doctor, let's be a lawyer, let's do some accounting. That you, you may have a, a trained skills, not your natural gift, but a trained gift that you became good at and you start to get confused. Well, I'm really good at maths, but that's when usually people in the 30s, 40s, 50s find out that, you know what, this is not what I want to do with my life. And they have a midlife crisis, they have a calling and they completely change the vocation to something else. Mm. It reminds me of um, early on when I first started as a chiropractor, uh, my goodness, 1997. And I started working with people. Um, you're in that process of doing what you're doing. And how do you get to the process of where we are today? And I, and I realized that it's all the elements of growth, all the elements of education, all the elements of failure, all the elements of application, all the elements of success, they all add up like a math equation. You talk about mathematics, like you could just, I could just see it had the reason why I am where I am is because all these factors that I participated in added up to create this. Now, what's so cool is, is that all you got to do is participate, right? You can't not, not participate. So keep adding into the equation, keep, keep, uh, experiencing fail, you know, like, succeed right the natural consequence of success is failure you have to have one you can't have one without the other otherwise how do you f feel success like so I'm lo i look at the current situation where i'm in now and where i have friends that are calling me coach and asking me dude i need your advice man like what what am i doing next like how do i do this um it's it's like this natural consequence to find what your gifts are and to see if you can and see if you can adapt to find an awaken, which I loved in your in the in your uh, website when I was just reading some of the quick uh, blurbs about some of the things that you're doing now, is like just to awaken that superpower inside of you. You're like I, I love the I love the um, Avenger, like the the takeaway that it's just like you've got a power there, and and you've got to awaken it, and you've got to take that and give it energy to amplify it, to make it greater. And then all of a sudden you're in momentum, you're in flow. So what was the, what's the author's, uh, do you recall the author's name of that, that book flow, which is a complicated book, but do you remember? Um, probably, um, uh, maybe it's Mikhail something like a, yeah, yeah, Mikhail. a, a Polish name that I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Long, uncomplicated last name. Unlike yours. Not, not like uh, NG. <laughs> I'm like, NG, you're right. Uh, is it very funny? Yeah, M Mikhail is something. But the, the idea of being in that flow state when you are at your highest um, self, when you are experiencing your higher self, well, time just seems to be, stand still. And you're not absorbed, but you're integrated into whatever you're doing so that you're at your, your peak of your uh, passion, you're at your peak of your skill set, you're at your peak of your consciousness, and you're... In, like truly engaged um, and to get into that flow state. That's that accumulation. That's that amplification. That's that superpower that you just wake up and boom, 
How do we wake up our superpowers? How do we wake up our superpowers? Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like a, a lot of us thinking that work is hard work and making money and building a career is a hard work. In the current paradigm, the programming that we've been conditioned, not saying it's good or bad, it is the way it is. Um, maybe it's out of necessity because of coming out of fear from the Second World War. We needed to a very structured program for people to to train them up as soldiers um, or, or people that, that listen to us. If we say that we need to cause to arms and say go to war, we have a intelligent uh, countrymen that can build bombs, build planes and build buildings and, and create agriculture like more efficiently. So uh, that's kind of how the, the system is evolved. But intuitively, when I'm observing my kids, I started homeschooling them like roughly two years ago. And, and then it quickly transitioned to something called unschooling, which is become free range kids and don't teach them stuff and just let them be. You can support them, but innate in all of us, we all have a desire to grow, to learn. Like people always like make the jokes that kids are asking a million questions because they're curious, they want to learn. But when we sap the creativity and the motivation to learn away, how do we do that? Well, I force you to go to, go to school. So school is something you have to be forced upon. And we assign a higher proportion of the time than what they naturally gravitate towards instead of playing in the yard more often, you have to read books more often. So now in the off time, what do they want to do? They don't want to read books. They want to play in the yard. But if their whole life they play in the yard and they see someone else like reading books and they, they see other people getting enjoyment from it and laughing, what, what are you reading? I want to read too. I want to learn, like help me learn. So we take that enjoyment from away from them. And if what about sports? Sports is something that they may be fun at and well, let me put you into like some certain training classes. And when it become good, well, you became good because I forced you into these classes. I forced you to go to the training and Saturday morning at five o'clock, I drove you there and you need to thank me. And again, like all the things that we do for our kids in isolation, like driving them to training, put them, them into class, none of them are bad in, in isolation. And again, like I'm just talking, spinning ideas out to consider, to contemplate how we got here. When we, t when we just let the kids grow, I'm seeing like crazy ideas coming from them, entrepreneurial idea, creative ideas. And then that includes taking away the Netflix, the games, or at least limiting the, the device time. Cause again, if they're hyper stimulated, there's no need for them to go and learn and for them to grow, for them to wonder how certain things work. But if you allow the room, especially not jam packing the, the, the day with stuff to learn, to do, um, they can just be, they will naturally, you see the sparks of curiosity ignite. And from my experience with my kids, it will not go according to our timetable. So if you want them to suddenly not attend the school program and expect them to have the same curiosity to learn maths 
at the same level as the, the equivalent kids going to school or, or English or any other subjects, you, you're not going to get that. But there's also a probability once they find an interest, they can excel the other kids at their own age because they have more freedom to pursue their, their interests. That's where a lot of genius lies. So you look at um, Billie Irish, she just won like what, four Grammys and at 18 years old, she was homeschooled because she got a lot more time practicing her, her music, her, her, mm. her singing compared to a normal kid that, that goes to school, they wouldn't have that much time. So I'm not advocating this is the, the way for everyone, but I think it's, it's definitely one of the, the path that we could go through is hugely understated to realize what is our gift? How do we tap into our super conscious? Cause I'm all, all for uh, the, the, the shortcut way of success versus like grinding, grinding. How do we hack the system? Hack First, the you system have to, yeah. Yeah. You have to understand what is your, your unconscious, your subconscious. And then you start to realize that, wow, if I tap into my flow and, and your connectivity to, to something that's greater than yourself, that's always there, you're super conscious, you're going to get a lot more done. Life will start to happen for you the way that you want versus like you're fighting against the tide because you're not, you're almost like trying to swim upstream when the, the river is flowing to one direction. You know, it's uh, interesting about the, the homeschooling thing. Like, so we were homeschooling a little bit and um, in, in, in my world, uh, I have, you know, businesses in the United States and the businesses here in Australia and all of a sudden COVID-19 comes, legislation comes through and says, guess what? I'm going to close all your businesses tomorrow. Okay, great. Now it's like panic mode, right? Trying to manage something in the same way that you manage something for ages. And, you know, after getting into that panic mode, I realized, man, I am working harder today for $0 than I have any day in the last five years for all, whatever kind of dollars. And, and now I'm in this like panic mode and then my kids are at home and I'm realizing that my kids are on devices and I'm supposed to be doing something with them and I'm here, but I'm not there. And then they come over and I'm with them, but I'm not with them. And I thought to myself, this is not okay. And so going through a little bit of that homeschooling, we luckily in Australia and especially in Queensland, I don't know how New South Wales is where you are, but we haven't had any new cases of COVID-19 in, in a couple of days. And, and it's been like that, like one case pops up, but it's really sporadic. So our schools are allowing some children to go back and, and, and rightly, I've got to share with everyone, look, I've sent two of my children back to be with um, assistants that are there, people that are watching them, people that are structuring them, because I need that a little bit. I need that a little bit of assistance at the current point. One of my kids is still home because she can manage herself. So like, I get that. It's amazing that you have that opportunity and you're really doing it. But here's what I learned. I haven't taught my kids things that I feel that are important for myself and I'm at times holding back and not teaching them. And it's so simple. Like when some, when, when one of my ch children asked me a question, it's like, okay, well, I of course understand it completely and intellectually. I've experienced it a million times. This little person's experienced maybe one time at most, 
Now I have to explain it from the point of view of never having the experience that they're having. Here's the answer to your question in the way that, you're, that you deserve to have it answered. Not, not just shrugging it off and giving them the hack answer. Let me give you that awakened answer so that you can understand it. And something so simple, you know, like my superpower, right, is that deep connected consciousness that gets you into your own self flow so you can learn, so you can change your state, so that you can um, control your autonomic processes, slow your heart, speed your heart up, open your mind, narrow your mind, you know, all that cool stuff. And so my middle daughter's having trouble sleeping and she's like bouncing off the walls, boom, like a little ricochet, like I'm playing a pinball game in the house. And I'm thinking to myself, why are you bouncing off the walls? And anyway, I didn't get to the answer of why. I just thought there must be a reason. There must be it's probably multiple reasons. So my next question was, was, well, what can I do to help her to slow down and connect and prepare her so that she can rest and rejuvenate, grow, all that cool stuff? I took her back in there, took my time. I said, here, let me show you something. Let me show you how to breathe using your belly and it'll slow you down. Just trust me. So she did, but she's wiggling all over the place. And it's not like I got immediate buy-in, you know what I mean? And I got to tell you, my first initial reaction is, and I learned this early on at the first date with destiny that I did with Tony Robbins, that I would yell or raise my voice or use strong posturing with my kids so that I can get the significance, the recognition and their respect. So they do the things that I would say, bypassing the real work that had to be done. So I thought to myself, wow, this is going on. There's this urge to like be triggered by it, but then you have to see that. So I'm like, okay, I'm not triggered. This is just really, I'm, I'm really curious. Look at you, your energy, your body, your brain, everything is going at a million miles an hour. Let me see, let me find a strategy. How do I slow you down? How do I get you connected? And just... You know, taking time and talking and working through it, I actually got her to breathe in, breathe out. I had a teacher. She didn't understand how to breathe with her belly. And I'm like, she's 11. Like, I'm her dad. Like, shame on me for not showing her when she was five how to breathe with her belly. Okay, let's do it now. I'm not going to beat myself up. Let me show you how to do it. And taught her within two breaths, two. She yawns like crazy. And I go, see? She starts laughing. Her energy comes back. We reconnect and we do it again. And three, she got three solid, like her belly moving, got the breath going and literally nearly just fell asleep right then and there, like super fast reprogramming of her nervous system. And I thought to myself, that education, sharing your gift. So like, that's a gift for me. That may not be everyone's gift, but you, everyone's got a gift. So that accessing your gift and teaching your kid that, that is better than any punctuation in any sentence, any day of the week, any day of the week. So I don't really feel too bad about the scholastic thing, you know, like, oh, uh, they got to take this test and, and that test. And, I, and now I'm so much more focused on how do I teach my gifts, the things that I'm exceptional at, to my children so that they can 
use them as their, from their tool base, you know, like, and that's a massive education. Yeah. I would also add to that. Um, cause at, at the beginning of homeschooling, I used to think, okay, these are the things that they need to learn. These are the boxes I need to check off. But as I went on, I realized, uh, by the way, like I wasn't a willing participant in homeschooling. Like I always thought that, Hey, I don't have the patience for this uh, and it's not my thing. But part of my calling was that, Hey, Gary, if whatever that you feel that you can't, that's something that you needed to learn. So, um, the more the time I spent with them and with a lot of the charges that I get internally, like similar to what you just described, are uh, things for me to, um, go, go, go to the, to my inner world to start to question myself. Why am I getting triggered? How do I resolve this? Put into practice all the personal development, spiritual development stuff I've learned, but actually putting it into practice. So I've got in business, it's kind of, I find that it's easier to a certain extent. If someone you don't get along with, you just let them go and, and find someone else. So I created my own little bubble at work, happiest place to work. And I get to control that environment to a certain degree, but back home, like your family, you don't choose a family, at least not from a physical level, maybe from a metaphysical that we chose our family. So I needed to work through all the little triggers whether it's them yelling at each other or them not putting their socks away, how do I resolve it? How do I get them to do maps? And they, after, Hey, do you, do you, have you done your maps yet? And they go, ah, like, and I just get triggered. Jeez, what? Don't do it then. I'll raise my voice and I'll go like to the polarity extreme. But <laughs> every single day they're helping me to become a better person. So in fact, they are schooling me just as much, if not more than I'm schooling them. Yeah. Right. What a gift. <laughs> yeah. Free training. <laughs> it is. It is free training. You know, that you had uh, mentioned before the, um, uh, uh, about a little bit about the struct of the discipline and the structure. So like the things that you have to discipline yourself to say, okay, look, I've got all these lessons on how I can respond and I have to then discipline myself to actually use my own tools, the things that I know. And you have to catch yourself not using your discipline in order to apply your discipline. And uh, you shared with me the other day, uh, what's the, um, you have a podcast. What's your, what's your podcast? It's the Awakening Entrepreneur Podcast. Awakening Entrepreneur Podcast. Um, and you guys got to check his uh, podcast out. And, you, we were, we were chatting about our podcast cause it was all, is it, is it yours new to new as well? Or ha, how many episodes yeah, do you have? Uh, yeah. We virginish in, uh, in our sense early, Not early like on yeah. line that's going down, but like in a, in a newish way. Yeah. Newish way. And so, uh, and we, and we were sharing about, you had asked me a number of questions. How am I, what am I doing here, here, here? And then I answered you. And then I said to you, what are you doing? And then you sent me a list. I was like, holy shit, he is one organized badass. <laughs> and so I don't, we don't have to talk about the list specifically, but it was like, uh, your question to me was, how are you monetizing your podcast? Like, what are you going to do? Is this going to bring something for you 
and what is good to your family. And you know me, Gary, I'm just like, dude, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to help people. My, and then my wife is like you, she's like, uh, how are you going to, how are you going to create abundance with this model? Like, I don't see how it's going to happen. And I'm like, it's going to happen. I'm going to, and people are going to love the content hopefully. And they're, they're going to have a shift. And if I help one person, I'm excited. And, uh, and, and, and then I guess saw your list and I'm like, far out, man. Okay. Okay. But where is this really going? So, I guess my question really is, and, and not necessarily a question, just the conversation is, what is it, what does it take or what is, what is it that's in you? What is it that is in us to assert that, can, that we can assert that kind of discipline where we can kind of, uh, we can apply that? Well, you just need to work out for you to complement your part. Who are the people that you need to have on your team? And that's why like a lot of um, great artists, they have managers around them. And sometimes when you don't listen to the advice of the manager, whether it's 50 cents or Mike Tyson, no matter how many millions or gazillion they earn, it's all going to vanish because it's managing the, the money, at least at that stage of their life, is not what they excel at. Making money or negotiating deals may also not be what they're great at. But there are people, whether it's Don King or whoever the else, the, the promoters, the managers are, some people excel in that craft. And if you align yourself with people who are better than you, and we hear this all the time, this cliche, but the reality is since everyone's got their own gift, you wouldn't want to be an accountant, a lawyer, a, a physiotherapist, a truck driver, a forklift driver, a painter, gardener, a horticultural um, guy, like all of these guys, all the, all these, all of these people into one. Nor do you want to do every single task. There are certain tasks that you gravitate more towards. And the whole key in life, what if you can do more of what you enjoy and do less of what you don't? But part of that process is about surrendering. For some people it's easier. Like I, one of my identity is that I want to be kind of the, the lazy person. And I say lazy, lazy, my definition of that is just getting, having options to choose what I want to do. So it's actually um, the flip side of uh, freedom, having the freedom to choose what I want to do when I want to do it. But if your identity is associated, I need to be someone that's good at this. I can do this task and that task. Like I've been in marketing for a long time. And digital marketing is not getting any easier. It's, it's going to get, it's been more and more complicated. But every so often you attend the, some of these um, marketing seminars or even personal development seminars, they're teaching you to do marketing. And again, uh, every person's situation is unique. So this is just a broad based comment. And they're teaching entrepreneurs or business owners on how to do marketing. And that's fantastic. I think all entrepreneurs should at least have a, a good understanding of the, of holistically where things are at, but they go into the actual tactics and the strategy and the nitty gritty. And after they present on stage, they're selling you a course for $5,000 or whatever to go deep into that art, whether it's to, to, to news jacking or, or to do SEO search and optimization stuff, dude. I, if I'm not an accountant, that's not my passion. I don't want to do the accountant. I don't want to do the video editing. 
I don't want to learn and become good at all these other things. But that's what a lot of the, the conditioning is thinking. You're an entrepreneur. You need to learn all these skills. And especially in marketing, it never ends. There's always a new thing that pops up. You got uh, originally just Google, and then you got Facebook, and then you got um, Snapchat, and then you got Instagram, and then now you got um, gazillion other ones, and you got TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. And <laughs> So you need to be a master and TikTok is going to make you millions. Snapchat is going to make you millions. All the marketing is, is now that I understand a lot of the marketing is, is using a fee-based strategy, fee of loss, all the headlines it uses, buy now, buy now is, is one time only offer. And in fact, all the marketing I try to do now is underutilize my marketing skills that I've learned all these years. Isn't that funny? You spent 20 years learning marketing skills and strategies to improve marketing. But at the end, you say, hey, how could I, I use less marketing strategies so I can become a better marketer, at least in my own definition. It's just like uh, some people talk about personal development. It's not so much how much more can I learn. They say knowledge is about learning. Wisdom is about remembering and, and drawing from what, what's within. Hmm. Hey, you know, I was just thinking that um, I would love for you to run through this with me. Um, like just use an example of, of, I'm thinking of like, you're a business owner. Okay. And oh, before we start, uh, just to, to, to sort of like, I guess, clarify as people are listening to this and we're talking about somebody who's an artist and somebody who's an entrepreneur. Um, and we've learned that people, there's a nature that each of us has our own individual nature. And it's, are we harder? Are we softer? Are we bigger? Are we smaller? Can we eat a lot of food? Can we eat a little food? Uh, you're gluten intolerant and, and I'm not. Um, this is the nature of our body. I'm a quick learner. I'm great at math. I'm not really great at math, but I can, I can write. You know, These are our natures. And, and, and our nature, if we go against our nature, we can and we can achieve great things like a salmon swimming up um, uh, up the, the, the stream. They, they can achieve great things, but it comes to the, uh, at a cost. It comes at a, at a cost. And, and when we're working with our own internal nature, we have that cost. So for those that are, are listening, um, we've learned that there are three in, in sort of like categories that people can sort of fit in. So there are like three boxes. And within those boxes, there are boxes and boxes and boxes. But those three general boxes are the box of the artist, the box of the entrepreneur, and the box of the manager leader. So an artist is like somebody who wants to create just for the sake of creating. And they don't have to be like a drawing artist or like a painting artist. They can just be somebody who likes to create things. They can do that on a computer by writing code, or um, you could do it because you're a hairstylist because you love creating beautiful new hair designs, or you could do it as a chiropractor because you love adjusting people. Um, an entrepreneur is somebody who, uh, who likes to start things, who likes to build things up, who, who likes to take risks, uh, who's got uh, uh, a dream. They dream and then they put their dreams into action. And, um, and they're not necessarily married to the, any individual sort of outcome. If that outcome goes awry, they understand that, but they're quickly on to the next outcome. They understand that their life revolves around more risks than, than security. 
And then, the, then there's the manager leader. So the person who's like, who um, gets their kicks out of hanging out with a team of people and, and they love to um, delegate, you know, that when you're with, a, you ever been with a group of people and, and then um, they're like, okay, you're in a group of five. And then somebody says, okay, uh, who's going to be the leader of this group? And then everyone's got their hands down. And then there's always one who's like, I'll be the leader. It's cool. I'll, I'll do it. Um, I'll be, and that, that's that person who just loves leading teams. They love working with others. They love what the impact that people can do coming together. So you've got these three qualities and, and we've been talking about some of these qualities. Oh, you're, this is an artist and, and you're an entrepreneur. So I want to kind of go over like a circumstance. So, so for me, by the way, uh, my first superpower is my nature is I'm an artist. Um, I will just create for the sake of creating often to the frustration of my wife. <laughs> uh, because if I want to be in my happy place, it's really simple for me. I'll just create something. It doesn't have to go anywhere. I just have to be making something. And, uh, and then my second is the entrepreneur because I do take, I, look, I like the risk thing and I will push. I will push. I will take a creation and I will push it out there. And my, my less powerful attribute as a manager leader is I need to have people who are really great at that around me because I'm, I'm not very good at it. But so, so I would like to kind of, um, I, I want to, what are you, Gary? What are you? I'm what an is artist. Your, you're an artist. Second entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. But I guess like one of the, like when people try to guess what my attributes are and we can have all three, but there's always one leading one. And when they look at me, I've got multiple businesses at the time and still do. So, oh, maybe it's a serial entrepreneur and, and then he's got the best place to work for someone that, that thrives on having a great culture, workplace culture and talks about it all the time, then must be about managing leading. It's got system and process, all that in place. And then finally, there's a lot of like particular thing that he, he likes to do. Like you can see him as an artist as well. Uh, I guess my art is to bring people happiness, success and fun. And because that's got the elements of success, you can success that they, especially in the sense of business success, also relationship and, and health and other areas of success, but especially business success, that inclusive of that entrepreneur being happy. So it forced me to, to, to also hone in on the entrepreneurial skills, what they are. And part of that is also the, the manager leader skills, because to, to have success, you need to have all three. So at least conceptually, I need to understand how three of them operate. Not I yes. need to, but it's my passion because it's my art. It's my artistry. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I just uh, before I, I get into the scenario that I want to get into, everyone, if you're listening, please hang on because what I want to do, Gary, is I would love to put a scenario out there of a typical business owner who's now in the wake of, of COVID-19 and is shut down or has been dramatically changed. And I would love to go from there, but I want to make a comment that, uh, to your credit, brother, what you're doing, the awakening entrepreneur podcast and program and the coaching that you do to help people to break through on the other side, you know, for you entrepreneurs that are out there that might be listening to this, who love to create you for you to break through, you need an artist or a manager leader who understands the skills of the entrepreneur in order to help you transcend your current state. Because if you just get two entrepreneurs together in a room, that's just more risk. 
But when you bring the artist or the manager leader into the program, so you being the artist who understands and experiences the entrepreneur gift, well, then that's where you can have true transformation because that person can see what you're, what you're blind to. So that's awesome. And, I, and I'm, I'm glad that you're doing it. Hence why I'm going to ask you this question. So you've got somebody, typical business owner, okay? And uh, it could be any business. Uh, a friend of mine, he owns a judo school, shut down. Um, I've got a, a friend that owns a restaurant and, um, and literally shut down, almost not doing any kind of takeout. Uh, I could selfishly say myself, I've got yoga studios all shut down. Um, but I have friends on friends on friends who all own businesses or work for a business that have been shut down and, uh, or severely decreased their revenues. And so we've got this, you know, attitude of we're all in it together, all this will change and, and profits will come. What would you do to work somebody through that process so that when they come out the other side, they are no longer the same person that walked into that process? Cool. Yeah, uh, that's a great question, John. So before I answer it, I think it's important to look at from two different frameworks. Number one is from the physical. The second one is from the metaphysical. There are sometimes in life when you see a little kid getting run over by a car and dies, like how do you make sense of it? How do you make logic? How do you come to peace that is, this is okay and not spend days, weeks, and a long time, especially if it's someone that you related to. A lifetime. Yeah. Um, and I was forced to go down this rabbit hole in, in my own life. And when I stared at, um, in, into those circumstances that didn't make sense, why do I have to go through it? I, I now understand more from a spiritual standpoint that everything is divine in this creation and through like in India, they got Lord Shiva. It's a lot of destruction or something equivalent. Like why would you worship destruction? But <laughs> if you don't destroy things, like for example, if we got in our lifestyle, there's a lot of things that's not serving us. You need to destroy it in our meaning of the word destruction or destroy. It may seem harsh, but the reality, you need to destroy the thing that's not serving you. So you can give room to something new to breed. So from a metaphysical standpoint, what if this for individually and collectively as a human species, there's a lot of things that no longer serve us. You look at um, research based on the level of happiness especially in the States, there's a lot more uh, publicized research, the happiness level over the last 50 years, our, the poverty level of what is considered poverty is being raised significantly. Our, through consumerism and, and the industrial age, we've got so much luxury around us that we've got more comfort than the empress of yesteryears air conditioning, food of so many variety. You've got Netflix, internet, knowledge, wisdom, love, friends, 
you can we can zoom with each other. You can talk to people. In, there's abundance of so much, but has the happiness level gone up? I have two thousand three hundred Facebook friends, Gary. Well, I've got. Am I more happy? I'm not happier than 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 most. And the 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 reality is that the external stuff, we all know this intuitively. The external stuff is never gonna bring us the fulfillment, the happiness, the joy. Yet it will. If you win an award, if you make more money, it'll bring you temporary spike in your happiness. Temporary spike. That's why when they measure the happiness of people that wins the lottery versus people that have a, a car accident that maybe rip a body part away from them, they become disabled. The people that have disability, it's it's weird. It's almost crazy. It's not believable to say, but the people that have disability, the happiness level goes up. Whereas the people that wins lottery overall, the happiness level goes down. So what the hell? So. None of us would want to wish upon ourselves or someone else a disaster strikes, but very often the crisis is what is required for us to change our focus. If things are going well, like you're watching a movie, ah, do this, do that. No, I'm in the middle of a movie. Don't distract me. But when something is severely like bang, you hear a loud bang outside your. Your your um, home theater is like what the hell? Better check what's going on. You hear someone crying. I better go check it. So the COVID nineteen has given us an opportunity to hey wake up. Is this the life that you want to pursue? Is this the movie that's more important than what's going on outside? It may be. I'm not saying that you have to change, but at least it's an opportunity to evaluate、um, individually and collectively. There's so much that we have in resources, but yet everyone is focused on themselves. When we got enough food to feed the whole world, we have more separatism. That when we grow up to thinking that what is our role, we need to acquire more. We need a bigger car, bigger house. We need to marry a prince or a princess. We need people of a certain look. Otherwise, I like this is less than. Well. You think, like even in the in the in the movies, you you train or TV series, you're teaching people from young. Certain people are more accepted than others. You're creating more separatism instead of more love and acceptance of all. So,、uh, again, like the current period that we have, it is what it is. But that's an opportunity for humanity to shift in the way that we see the world, the way that we live this world, the way that we live in harmony with Earth and and the whole universe. From a business standpoint, and and more so from a like I look at your conscious mind, your subconscious. These people say that your subconscious is at least like ten to a hundred thousand times more powerful than your conscious mind. Your subconscious is like your embedded belief. Sometimes you drive a car. Well, you start driving a car. You start riding a bike. You don't have to think about it anymore. And sometimes you drive to a certain destination. Oh, I went the wrong way because you just went on autopilot, right? You're thinking about something else, and you just drove to work your normal route that you you would take to work. So our subconscious、um, also govern, like you call it, the autonomous、um, nervous system, your heartbeat, beating, and all these other body function part. You don't have to think about how you're going to breathe; it just does it automatically. But same as a lot of your your hidden beliefs from your your、um, growing up process is in, embedded within your subconscious. 
So your subconscious, like they, they draw the, the iceberg is the conscious mind is like the tip of the iceberg and your subconscious is like the, the, the big boulder at the very bottom of the iceberg is so many times more powerful. So personal development, uh, NLP hypnosis, often it helps you change or, or align your, your subconscious to something that's serving you versus it's obstructing you. But then you've also got the super conscious. Um, you hear from some of the greatest um, inventors and, and artists, songwriters, they all say that, hey, not they all, but a lot of them attribute their art, their craft, it didn't come from them. It came through them. It came through them, the ideas come through them. And I'm sure that sometimes you've got a brilliant idea. Our ego may try to take um, credit for it, but it just came to you. Well, if you try to meditate, hey, let's block my mind, turn off my brain, no thoughts, no thoughts, no thoughts, does it work? Ah, a thought came in. Well, you, if you control your brain, then where did that thought come from? Similarly, when a brilliant idea came, did you create it or did it flow out from outside? And sometimes you can say that, hey, it's subconscious because of my belief system and all this stuff like from childhood, from um, something that I've, I've observed subconsciously and it, it, it pulled through. But sometimes that it's knowledge that you have no, you've never learned your whole life. You get downloaded onto you. Where did that come from? So I call that your superconscious. So in, in our earlier part of the conversation, being in flow, that's part of tapping into your superconscious as well, because you just you're just flowing um, with with the universe and what you're guided to do. So, as an entrepreneur or, or someone that's running a business, if your business is going through um, the current situation, you need to be extremely careful what goes in your mind. You need to stand guard of what's coming in, because there's a mm. lot of doom and gloom, especially yeah, if man. your business is getting shut down. It is the reality. But is it getting shut down or is it getting reset? Yeah, right. Or is it, there you go. Or is it going through half time? Or is it going through the first quarter break? It's giving you a mini holiday. Yes, income is stopping and you've got bills to play, but it doesn't matter. If you're playing a basketball game four quarters or, or if you're just having a timeout after five minutes into the game, it doesn't matter where you're behind. The game hasn't finished. Yeah, you've got debt. Yeah, you're behind on the scoreboard. But who's to say that, um, like a horse racing, the horse that comes first in the, in the first like um, 50 seconds doesn't mean that's the horse that's going to win, right? So yeah, where, what's happening to the situation? What meaning are you applying to the current situation? Your psychology, that's most important. Because after, after if I tell you the strategy, the tactics, and different ideas, speedballing different ideas, you will not take it. When your psychology is blocked, saying my business has been shut down and you're trying to come to terms with it, your identity of who you are, tying to that I should have this business and the business should be a certain way. And what am I going to do with my stuff? You, you, you're too busy, um, just focus on the past and fee-based projection of the future. Okay, well in the past, if, I, if, if the business is down, it's unheard of. Like I don't know where this is going. I'm used to certainty in the past and now I don't have a certainty. But a lot of that, again, is a great opportunity for you to, to reinvent yourself. And a lot of us, depends on what age, we may not feel like freaking reinventing myself. I prefer to making and doubling my sales compared to last year or tripling. 
But the reality is, as Byron Katie saying, is it's almost insanity. You, if you argue with reality, one thing is guaranteed: you you'll be wrong a hundred percent of the time, because the reality is what it is, and there's no point arguing. It is what it is. If you choose to believe that it is a gift, is steering you in the right way. It's not telling you to ignore the, the problems, the reality that there's debts and other bills to pay and, and staff may be laid off. But the sooner that you can accept the current situation, and if you choose to give it a more um, empowering meaning, because we don't know, we know that for a fact, most entrepreneurs, most extremely successful entrepreneurs, they came from um, extreme crisis. Some of them got abused as a child early on. Some people have multiple major, major setback in their business, including bankruptcy. And from them, it gave them the, the propeller, the, the rebound strength to blast off internal Energy. strength and, and skill set as well. So who's to say that this opportunity is not going to create a better version of your business, be it in the same line of business, same industry or completely different industry. With that in mind, we can go into the tactical and based on the specific business where they are. But when that entrepreneur is charged up, and I've seen you in that state, John, that within seconds, I know it. Boom. I know what to do. Boom. Yeah, man. Uh, so does that answer yeah, your question? Yeah, I I, look, I'm 100% I'm right there with you where I love what you said, reset. It's just, and it's not the end of the game, man. This is just like, okay, first period, second period, halftime, could be whatever it is that you want to think it is. But policing your thoughts is so important. In this time, who are you listening to? Are you listening to the news? Are you listening to Donald Trump? Are you listening to the uh, prime minister here in Australia? Who are you listening to? Are, are you paying attention to conspiracy theories are you paying attention or are you listening to your heart are you in your body are you in your relationship are you in your house are you stepping up and like yeah businessman I think or the like, amplified living podcast are you listening to the amplified living podcast i mean just it's a thought process right it's like if i listen to it's not every podcast that i listen to that i absolutely love it often i'm like i just i speed through it uh you blow my mind when you tell me you listen at the at double speed. I only I don't listen at a double speed. I'm at like speed and a half. Yeah. At the at the peak is um, sixteen speed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so yeah, I'm boarding information right, but then something flows through that just wakes something up in 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 you right, and uh, and yeah, it's so important. So yeah, like the techniques and the tactics, and I totally get it. So what you're saying is for the people out there that are in that situation, that likely you already are resourceful enough to know what to do. And what, what first that you're saying shall happen is, is that they have to get themselves into a state where they're paying attention to things that are productive and empowering and not being sucked into a vortex of the world's coming to an end. Um, they won't have any kind of abundance after this. Everything they know is gone and there's no future. They have to sort of 
ramp themselves up, amplify their body, get their body moving along and, and, and understand that the best is yet to come. And, um, to, to also, um, give it a bit more perspective for the people that are actually find it difficult to just jump on this seemingly optimistic way of looking at it. Well, I've, I've been watching some videos of, um, I forgot this guy's name, something, I think it's Robert Greenfield, um, but there's a, a, a whole heap of people that's pursuing the minimalistic lifestyle. A lot of them are on high, high executive, high paying roles, or even running their own business. But now they've chosen, chosen by their own um, choice to live a simple lifestyle, a self-sustaining lifestyle. And I'm not saying that is for you, but what if it is for you? one of the gifts from all this, the pimped up expenses from the cars that we have, well, there's nowhere to drive to. How many cars do you need? Well, you may have a Ferrari or a nice fancy car in your garage. Nobody's looking at it. Do you really need it anymore? If you've got designer clothing, nobody's watching you, what you're wearing. You're wearing pajamas most of the time anyway. Do you really need it? Do a lot of the stuff that you are pimping your lifestyle with or where your expenses is going, is that really necessary? The, all the dining out, the eating out, maybe it's the universe trying to send to you, just eat simple, just cook your own meal. And you find, what if you can find greater joy in that? Man, when I was going through this journey of awakening, maybe like two years ago, I used to be this guy that always about opportunity, cost, and efficiency. Why would you clean your own house when someone is on a lower hourly rate than you are? It just doesn't make sense, right? So just pay them to do the job. Pay someone to do your gardening. Always outsource and all this other stuff. But when, I'm, when I was forced to go through this awakening journey, I started finding enjoyment in scrubbing the toilet. The toilet bowl. Jeez, this is quite meditative. Seeing the dirt come off, like instant dopamine release. This is awesome. And scrubbing <laughs> like Mr. Miyagi, wipe on, wipe off, wipe on and wipe off. I could do this for hours. What if I can earn a living while doing this as well? Wouldn't that be my, well, it's, it's not my pure gift, but I started to come to terms with it. Get this, bro. I started my business straight out of uni. Um, the only job that I got is part-time and working for a company for six months while the business was still bu building up. But that was the only real job that I've got. So uh, as part of my awakening journey in the last few years, I started hearing one of my friends just moved back into Australia and he's looking for jobs. And just hearing the challenges that, that being a CEO or being a consultant, being a certain role, man, wouldn't it be cool if I can work for other people? man, wouldn't it be cool if I can just go and be a waiter, wash dishes and, and show my kids like this is how we can also make a living as well. So I have a fetish of wanting to get a job. The only problem is I apply in a whole different bunch of places. I couldn't get any roles. Um, I think I even tried to apply as an Uber driver. I failed and, um, and I realized, man, as an entrepreneur, as a CEO, there's actually not that many jobs available for you. A lot of the, the roles are very specialized in skills and even marketing. 
I don't have the tactical skills the day in day out on how to do the SEO anymore or how to how to put something up as a social media community manager. So what if getting a job is what your life path is not for long, but on at least on a temporary basis or maybe forever. Because we put so much meaning that especially if an entrepreneur is superior than an employee. What if this experience is to for us to be more um, humility and humbled that we are all as one. These guys are no better than, than, than I am. And if you become a waiter or, or some other jobs that you just before just purely evaluated like me, like from an outlet basis, like I'm earning more than this person, I'm better than this person. But now that you've, you've done it, you have so much more respect for that person. Wow. Like I started mowing the lawn the first time in nine years. Like I've, I had my current house for nine years. I never mowed a lawn. I don't even have a lawnmower. And I, I borrowed one from my friend just a couple of weeks ago. And like at one stage I, I said to the gardener, Hey, can I come with you one day and, and just, just make some money and, and just try it out. But after mowing my lawn, just half a lawn, geez, it's my muscle is getting sore. It's harder work than what I thought it would be. Um, but it gave me a much deeper appreciation of what the gardener do. Um, so this world is a playground and we get to play. If you look at each day and the current situation, it's an opportunity to look at which game you want to play. You've, let's just say you're in one of the arcade, um, center. You've been playing this driving game for quite a long time or air hockey for a long time. Hey, time to play another game now. Mm. And maybe you're still using the same machine, but time to play it differently now. Maybe a time to play with a different player. So just take time, get into the state, relax. The whole world is not going anywhere. This situation is not going to change, like in my opinion anyway, anytime soon. And again, even if it does change in the next few weeks or next few months, if you come to terms with the worst case scenario that is not going to change, it's not going to blow away sometime soon, then the sooner that you can put a plan in place on how to adjust and how to bounce back. And assuming when I say bounce back, even that language is assuming you've gone down. The assuming that you're down. Like, assuming I want to jump up. And part yeah. of jumping up requires to take two steps backwards so that you can launch yourself. So yeah, fantastic. Congratulations for all of you that whatever that has happened to your business, you have willingly um, or, or, or whatever the units first have given you a gift to relaunch yourself right now. And you know, I, I just, just uh, when I'm listening to you, I'm also thinking about the waiter, the waitress, the bartender. I'm thinking about the girl who, you know, creates coffee and, and for us, the what you, barista, yes. But I'm thinking about all them, maybe uh, because you are working for people, maybe this is the pause, this is the reset button that you needed so that you could create what it is that you wanted to create to explore what it is that you wanted to explore already yourself or build a team around you find other people and create something together maybe this was the launching pad we needed for you to start something that you always wanted to start but you were too busy working for someone else doing yeah, fulfilling, 50, fulfilling their dreams people dream. say 50 percent of the fortune 500 companies were started during the great depression and people are saying that this is greater than the great depression so with that in mind, there will be abundance opportunities 
to make a massive, massive killing, like massive potential to grow a, a new business model. And again, going back to the lawn mowing idea, I was thinking from a spiritual standpoint, um, from a collective um, humanity, what if what I said about um, people just create a separatism, different race, different country, different political parties, all that is a time of the past. It's now to evolve our consciousness and, and the way that we act as humanity and start to come together. Uh, we, this history shows that we used to operate really well from a tribal, from a community standpoint, when it's roughly around 200 people. Um, and that works really efficiently. And for me, mowing the lawn, I'm probably one of the rare people that don't have a lawnmower in, in, on my streets. Everyone else have one. But we don't all need a lawnmower. What if there's a sharing app or application that facilitate, facilitate for people to share the equipment? Bicycles, lawnmowers, things that we don't need to use on a daily basis, maybe monthly basis. Car washing equipment, ladders. I don't have a lot of these tools. What if we can all share it and and chip in? What if we have um, that that same person, Robert Greenfield? He needed to one of these experiments. He wanted to grow a crop of food for one year, just from self-sustaining, growing his own food, having no prior experience to that. Um, so he he found a community in Orlando, Florida, which is kind of like already pretty into permaculture. And six different family agreed to to give their uh, front yard, change it from a lawn to a self-sustaining garden to growing fruits and veggies. So he's got gardens, community gardens that he's sharing food. He's helping them do the gardening, and in return, these people they get food from them, and obviously they share with the neighbors as well. What if we start sharing our food and growing our food together? What if homeschooling or unschooling or cosmic schooling instead of you teaching them by yourselves, you got community teacher that's grounded in community values. Mm. And what if these community values are actually what is the same around the whole world, which is love, care, unity, and, and empathy. So there's a lot of opportunities. And with people working from home nowadays, I believe there will be more micro business than ever before. We've got this period that people are have no access except for online. It gives them time to start new podcasts, um, look at new models using the internet to change the current business paradigm. So if you've been out of job, again, for most Western countries, if you listen to this podcast, even if you have no job and you're just um, uh, getting the government assistance, you st we're still living better than at least 50% of the world population right now. That's on $2 a day. And from the reports I'm hearing, like one of my workers from Philippines, they can't go out because they said the government is, is going to give you hand out rations, but they're not getting the rations. The ration if they get is a bag of rice. And you see it on the, on the news that people are going out protesting, saying that not protesting, but the demonstration, Hey, we haven't got a ration. We've got no food. Now, but the president say, if you go out, we're going to shoot you. We will kill you on that same call, like five, six times. We will shoot you. We will kill you. So what is your worst situation? And uh, like, again, like I'm not trying to make the, the, the Philippine president as the bad person. It is what it is. Cause in this dualistic world, we come into this place to experience duality. If we've never, if everything is beautiful, nothing's beautiful. 
Somebody have That's to play right. the role of, of a villain at times. So for us to get the contrast and I'm appreciative of all the people that have gave, given me a more full experience in life, even though That's it, it, that was like that at times. That's what I was just saying that the other day, and I'm conscious of our time because I want to make sure that, that you have, we've spent a bunch of time, but I was thinking about the, the other day when, uh, you know, I love all the conspiracy theories around the COVID-19 pandemic. I love it. I love watching people create stuff that isn't yet created. I love watching people's imagination explore. I love people digging. I love people find, trying to find more truth. I love people trying to disprove something that might be true or making something true that seems to be untrue. I love that creativity. And I thought to myself, you know, like you're, you're creating all these things. And why is it that you've got people saying you can't create this? Why is it people are saying, hey, Google, you need to take all these videos down because they're not appropriate. They're not sharing truthful information. I thought to myself, well, why are you doing that? Because the only reason why we have truths are because we have untruths. The only reason why we have perspective A is because there's a perspective B. We have to have that duality. We have to have it. And I think it's awesome. Man, you shared so, so many cool things with us today. Um, uh, I know I've got some great takeaways. Reset. That's my new word. Reset. <laughs> and uh, I appreciate you, man. How can people get in touch with you? Uh, just go to garyng.com.au, G-A-R-Y-N-G.com.au, and you'll have all my social media contacts. And, and um, yeah, they can get in touch with me, which um, I, I don't have a personal assistant responding to these messages yet, so you'll hear from me directly. He'll be busy mowing his lawn, folks. You'll have to, he'll get back to you later. You know, and I, I got I promise you, Gary, when you uh, come back to the Gold Coast, we can connect again. I'm going to take you shopping at the, uh, at the hardware store and you and I will build something in my, sh in my back shed together. <laughs> that I know is not one of my gifts, but I'm open to exploring it. <laughs> Brother, I honor you, man. I, I so deeply appreciate all your, that you contribute. Thanks for coming Thank on. Thank you. Thank you for having me and really kudos to what you're doing to shining the lights um, and sharing your message to uh, the world.